We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm sure that's nothing compared to some of your other marvelous erections. And my name is Colin Drucker, and tell me, are you always such a slave to your instincts? <laughs> oh my goodness, Fiona. Jesus Christ. Fiona. <laughs> I'm so glad she arrived when she did. I feel like, I mean, there's so much to say about this movie too, but I feel like we needed... What is her name? Elspeth? Elspeth. Elspeth Elspeth. Lomax, yes. Uh, She showed up not a minute too soon to save the day and really the final act of this movie, too. But I'm so excited. So excited to be here. Yes. So excited to talk about it. So, so folks, you know, this was was a request from a a long-time Mary. I, I believe she was also an In the Details listener. I'm sure she was no stranger to Squirrel Friends and No Good, Very Bad Gay and The Good Vanilla sure. and every other little thing that we've put out into the universe, but is also uh, a Best Supporting listener as well. So, Nina, you have long been asking in some form for the movie Three Men... And a little lady from 1990 to be discussed on a podcast. And finally, this buds for you. Uh, I mean, I'll start by asking this because I remember three men and a little baby or three men and a baby, right? Oh, or a little. I love that you just did that because that's like my first note is that I always want to call it three men and a little baby. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, I, I guess maybe I thought. I guess it's three men and a baby. Yeah. Okay. So that's settled. But have you seen that? Because I don't think I have. No, I had not seen that. I had not seen this. I I, I didn't, I think for the longest time, I didn't know they were two different movies. And to me, Three Men and a Little Lady has a better ring to it than Three Men and a Baby, you know? And so yes. to me, it was like Three Men and a Little Lady existed before Three Men and a Baby, as far as my consciousness that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, this is like 1990, correct? Three 1990, Men and which is a oh, really, a really interesting year. I feel like 89 through 91 is an era to be explored ju- judiciously and uh, often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said judiciously, um, it made me think I was a guest on Justine's podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of Katie's, Tequila Katie's quotes is, I think I've been very judicious about my drinking. And for some reason, that's like, you know, Justine hates Katie, oh, but yeah. that's one of her favorite lines of Katie. And so anytime I hear that word now, I automatically think of her. But we're not here to talk about Vanderpump Rules. We're here to talk about early 90s, and really a charming movie. I would say I would cut about 30 minutes of it and and it would be perfect, you know? Mm. It's that like mid-sec, honestly, right before Fiona Shaw shows up, I'm like, I don't need to see you on the road with all of these sheep, you know, yeah. making a montage that it, it just needed tightened up a bit. I agree, I do agree that at some point in the middle, I was like, where are we going? Like, I'm loving the kind of Upper West Side, you know, uh, trio of chest hair, you know, we'll get to the hotties. We'll get to the hotties. Oh, my God. I need like a three to one countdown. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it's it's rotated with me like 16 times. I can say like I have like a pretty solid number three, but two and one. It really depends on who I am that day. You know? (sighs) Yep, yep. I have a feeling, yeah, we'll get there. So so there's that. There's all that that I'm into. There's Nancy Travis being, it's really one British woman and three guys and a little lady, honestly, uh, it, it, as much as the first yes. half of the movie is about Sylvia. 
I know. And she is not British, correct? No. She is American? She's American. Uh, she's American. Okay. She's not British. She's, she's American. American. Yes, that's French they're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's Nancy Travis we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Je suis la jume vie, Nancy Travis. Yes. Je suis Nancy Travis. Uh, <laughs> Je suis la Nancy. Well, there it is. Um, but I feel like I've always had a questionable relationship with Nancy Travis, and I don't know why, and I think we'll solve it on this episode today because we're going to go through her filmography. But okay. she's in this. So it's all like it's 1990. It's New York. It's hot guys. It's Nancy Travis. It's, you know, the kid's not annoying. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I could do this for 90 minutes. And then it was like, what do you mean we're going to England? Wait, what do you wh- – I know. What's going on here? There's a wedding. We love weddings. But – what I, there was a part of me that I didn't know what what was going to happen going into this, but I was like, "When does this turn into a courtroom drama?" You know what I mean, where the men are fighting for custody of of uh, Mary. You know? Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop the whole time as well. I was like, and I kind of I'm kind of glad they went there a little bit, like where it started to unravel. You know, like uh, Steve Gutenberg, Michael is starting to get sexually frustrated because he can't bring women home, and it all starts to sort of fall apart just in time for um oh my goodness sylvia to to say i'm gonna go to england and marry this man where they when they could have very well had a wedding in new york flew fiona shaw over you know she could have been like some kooky relative or something it could have stayed in new york certainly i would have been i would have been fine with that because the whole time i also was like well well, what role, what role does Fiona Shaw play? I thought, is she same? Is she going to be a nanny? Is she going to be like a goofy nanny? Is she going to be their their like custody lawyer? And she's like real buttoned up, but then she has like a passionate yes. scene, or you know, she falls down the stairs or something. But I, and so I, I that was actually in a way having her not show up until like the hour mark, really an hour and a minute. It. It did keep me engaged because I was like, okay, even if I'm not sure why, what's going on with this little Mr. Bean moment in the car with the sheep, I know that if I, the the next breath, Fiona Shaw could be there and I need to be prepared for that. So it was like the fact that we had to wait a little bit for her, I think got me through the parts where I was like, what's going on here? Yes, exactly. And it really is just that part where like as soon as she decides she's going to marry what's his face and then really commit to going to England and then no one no one knows what to do including the movie and myself as I'm watching it. I found myself looking at my phone waiting for Elspeth to show up. Oh, uh, that's a death sentence, you know. <clears throat> that's yeah. that's uh, you know, um I don't know, not wearing heels on Drag Race. It's just like, go home. <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I stuck with it. You know, and, and listen, let me just say at the top, for Nina and anybody else listening who's a big fan of this movie, I had a great time. And I have a lot of Same. notes that go beyond just the Fiona Shaw scenes. Indeed, Fiona Shaw is a revelation. No one told her to do all that she did. And I don't know the last time I've experienced someone running away with a movie as adeptly as she did an hour and a minute into Three Men and a Little Lady. Let me just say all that up front. Like Agreed. Maximizing the potential yeah, whatever yes. it is with limited possibility. I don't know. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. But truly living up to that definition. It, it, uh, like... I know that this is recency, but I've really started to embrace hyperbole lately. I think this has this shot up to one of like a Hall of Fame BSA performance for me, like immediately. Yeah. The first scene, the first moment she showed up in the way that she had like her hand against her lower back, just that pose that she had or the way that she crosses her arms while she talks. I was like, oh, my God, this is Sandy Dennis yes. and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf levels of like nuance going on right now yeah like she's towing the line of utter ridiculousness she's like flirting with mm-hmm. it and then she'll come back to like ground herself but like it's it's really just that mixed ball of chaos the entire time especially once she knows or once what's his face tells her that peter is interested in her it's just mm-hmm. a whole different thing well and 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 the, then the whole evolution because you know and and you know, we can't, we will get to the rest of the movie, but if we don't talk about Fiona Shaw first, I don't know what we're doing here. But like, one of the things <laughs> I really appreciated was that 
what I expected was, okay, now she's, you know, the bumbling fool who's like, you know, basically Pepe Le Pew all over Peter. But then when he reveals that he's really in love with Sylvia, the way that she becomes his ally and she's like, oh, well, all's fair in love and war. And she's like, we got to get you to that wedding. And I was like, now this, because if they just left her, like, you know, she got, I don't know, she got made a fool of, and then she like, found love with fell some in the mud yeah fell in the mud and then and then you know got together with that sheep farmer from act two I, I it would have been like oh yeah that's usually what happens to a girl like this in a movie like this but the dignity they ended up giving Elspeth yeah. Lomax exactly I mean she was really the one who broke up the wedding with uh Sylvia and Edward mm-hmm. you know she took off those they had the goggle lines oh. I, I mean her on that side side bike whatever you the sidecar yeah. so funny and she's she had a great scream at one point too. oh my god <laughs> I, I i think when because she had a great scream when they were driving and she drove into the river and she had this big yes oh that's it god. yes 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 <laughs> i mean that's up just, there with like peewee driving through the sign it was just so oh, funny I, yes because <laughs> you could tell that bike that stunt bike whoever was on it was going way faster than they were and she squawks like a seagull oh yeah is the best way to like describe that she is Oh my God, she is just so incredible in this movie, and I, I just, I, I fully want to recognize that. It, this is yep. even if there was like a fifteen-minute portion of the movie where I was like, okay, what's going on? It's like two men and a bunch of sheep. Uh, always forgiven with the with the presence of Fiona Shaw, a, a, an actress that we have queened out about in the past as the assistant to the BSA in My Left Foot. Yes, I was trying to remember the entire day what where we saw her last, and it was at that dinner scene. That dinner scene in my left oh my foot. Goodness. Oh my god! <gasps> oh, it's so you good. know that it's movie. Even though like it's not like a, it's not. I mean, it's not like a sad. It, well, it's kind of a sad movie, but like it's not a super fun movie. It's not a Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's like Last Picture Show, where when I look back on my left foot, it's like God, that movie was so good. Oh, yes. And the women are great. The, the women are better. The women, the women, the women made me better. Yeah. <laughs> and they made me That's better. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. So well, uh, I, and, you know, while we're talking about Fiona Shaw, because I have opened up her IMDb, I know that she either won or was nominated for like featured performance in Killing Eve. I feel like as an awards aficionado, are you familiar with that? I am. And I feel like, I mean, I have like a a short list, aka a long list, because I'll never watch them. Like, I feel like Killing Eve falls in the same category as like Glow, like a Mm -hmm. a TV show like filled with women. I've heard great things about um, Betty Gilpin. Like, you know, we would love her. And I already know that I would love her. Um, But Killing Eve, obviously the same with Jodie Comer, Sandra Oh. And to add Fiona Fiona Shaw to that seems like heaven yeah so i did know about that nomination yes yeah and 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 yet and the fact that she's not only in it but she's like you know getting awards recognition for it it's like oh my god there wasn't a single awards you know recognition uh moment for for her in 1990s three men and a little lady i mean the robbery the robbery of fiona shaw yeah, and I just love that she's like this wackadoo that is also the headmistress of this Pileforth Academy. Mm-hmm. So she can easily like kind of snap into, I wouldn't say like a Trunchbull type character, but like she, I think it, it it's the perfect juxtaposition because, you know, her whole life is organized and like revolves around order and structure. And, you know, she's she's just a horny gal. Yeah, right? And, and I... I feel like, again, that could she could have been made such a fool of, and th- there was a little bit of it in her office with Peter when he was trying to steal the, um, the the attendance book or the registration. Yes. Um, but then, like at the end, when he's like, "You're a very attractive woman," and you know, like she's, I don't know, I just, I'm so, I'm just so glad that she got the respect that she's entitled to. I'm just so glad the movie. Agreed. You know, for everything that Fiona Shaw gave this performance, I'm glad that she it, it wasn't all for naught. I mean, down to the fact, not to jump to the very end, the very, you know, not the beginning, but early in the episode, the fact that she's in the freeze frame shot at the end 
<gasps> I knew you would notice oh. too, wiping a tear oh. or something or her nose. So funny. So funny. And that just, you know my feelings on who, the ending, the endings of things, the the Eliza, you know, Hamilton of it all. The, the gas. Yes. The, the idea of like who's in the last shot, who gets the final moments. And like, um, <clears throat> it's not the very end, but remember in Suspiria, Mrs. Tanner or Miss Tanner, when she like has that long stare into oh, the camera yes. with the blood on her face. And it's like- Oh my god! You just gave her this moment, and I just love that Fiona Shaw gets to be in the in the final freeze frame. I know. In a way, I wanted her to catch the bouquet. I think that that would have oh, been like perfect. Yeah. Or for like Michael, aka Steve Gutenberg, to like fall in love with her. I wanted one of those other men to fall in love with Elspeth. You would have almost <laughs> expected like you know Jack catches the bouquet, and then like maybe Elspeth looks at him with like a longing look, but. That yes. would have just made her maybe the boob again because Jack is worse than Peter. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, Jack's the worst of them. Yeah, we all know that. We all know Jack's number three. We know this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> let's just call it out. Listen, I wouldn't kick Ted Danson out of bed for eating Ritz crackers, but it really is between Peter and Michael. I know. I, I have to say one more thing about Fiona Shaw because oh, this please. made me laugh so hard where she is. Um, it might have been the office scene where he's stealing the file where she says, seek the auspicious moment. Yes. And tell her. And then she like leans in almost for a kiss and then like dashes away so quickly. It was so hysterical. I was like, you, ma'am, are just, again, and the pointing, the gun finger uh -huh. at the beginning. Oh, yeah. With the roll oh, on her nose. Oh, my God. With the pointing. Oh, my God. That's the funniest thing is when we're introduced to her, she has row on her nose. I mean, and that she doesn't <laughs> know for a bit. It's just so funny. And and she's like going on. She she thinks that she's made this like connection with this architect. Oh, my gosh. The, the architecture in England these days. And she's just she's ready to queen out with him. And he's like, no, you you have row on your nose. Like, it's just I've never met someone so relatable so quickly. I know. You just fall in love immediately. I I was so smitten with her. Uh, and I'm sure we'll touch base with Elspeth as we talk about the movie. But we, you're right. We had to talk about, we had to dig in a little bit before we get to the, the meat of the movie here, yeah. which is the men. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we needed to, like, I need to talk about a woman who says things like, those of us who navigate the river of life singly. And I was like, oh, move over. I'm going to start paddling right next to you, Elspeth. Yes, you know? it's just like she she has these lines like in a soap opera. She's like, oh, you are a true gentleman. Damn it. And she sells <laughs> them and sells yes. them. Yeah. Um, but indeed, we needed to acknowledge up front. There was, you know, the movie may make us wait an hour and a minute to get to Miss, Miss Lomax, but we're not wasting any time. But you're right. The meat of this movie, the real, the two all beef patties uh, let's not even talk about the special sauce, are Tom Selleck <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg. I mean, I think we first need to talk about how these men, all three of them at some point, but I would venture to say that Michael and Peter could very well just be a couple. And I love it. Oh. I love the way that they dress. I love the way that they're kind of always, you know, they're kind of maybe picking up Mary, but they're always kind of touching each other in a way. And I was like, this is the world that I need. It's like three gays and a little lady. <laughs> yes, right? I mean, yeah. I like Peter and Michael are, and I think if I had seen this movie as a kid, this would be further like implanted in my brain. But like, they are essentially like, the type of gay man I want to be slash be with. You know what I mean? Like they are the archetype. Yep. That's it, baby. There it is. You know, 1990s yeah. Tom Selleck, 1990s Steve Gutenberg with only two buttons of his button down buttons. Uh, I know those like oversized clothes, like the suits that were like so in back yeah. then, but it just works. I just want to, I want to see what's under there. Right. It tells me that there's something to go look for. You know, when Peter walks around with his bow tie undone, I'm like, all right, well, let me finish the job. You know, like it just, yep. Oh my goodness. They're just now, of course we have already deeply thirsted over Steve Gutenberg and it takes two from just a few years mm -hmm. later, maybe like, Maybe mm -hmm. more than a few years, but um, <clears throat> uh, it, he is. Uh, it just 
it breaks my heart that Michael is not gay because it, he is, uh, except for the fact that he complains about <clears throat> not being able to bring women home, and we very briefly meet Lori, who I want to talk about. Yeah. He's very gay in this movie. Yeah, there's something about, especially with him and Peter, because I feel like Peter's obviously the more, he wears the pants in the relationship, the oversized pants. Yes. And maybe might be more of the uh, type A personality, whereas Michael is a little bit more goofy. He's definitely the cool dad with Mary. Um, and he's, you know, but he also wears those like turtlenecks as well. Like the costuming is so deliberate and perfect. That purple turtleneck tucked in yes. to like black jeans. Ugh. Like, I'm sorry, but this, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, but you know, all signs point to like Michael and I eventually moving into a, a spacious loft on 23rd and 10th Avenue. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. Oh. He's just beautiful. What a hunk. What a hunk. What a hunk. And then Tom Selleck, you know, obviously, what a hunk. And we've never talked about Tom Selleck before. No, I take that back. Yes, never. we have. Oh, we have? <gasps> wait, can I guess? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, uh, wait. Was it a... Uh, I'll give you yeah, one. This will help because you're going to know. June Squibb. Hmm. It's a wedding movie. It's a wedding movie. Are they sitting around... There are some women sitting around. Okay, I can picture. Is it that one scene that we loved of all the women sitting yep, around? Yeah, Debbie Monk, and they're in a June circle. Squibb. Mm-hmm. Oh God! But what movie is it? And is it something recent? It's no. from It's from the nineties, and it features the line: "Is everybody gay?" Oh my God! I don't even. We know. We are not but winning the Camry amazing. on twenty five thousand dollar pyramid at this We're point. Not. We're not. We're not. Um, the title is, uh, in the bedroom. In the bedroom. <laughs> Whoa! He's in in the bedroom. No, it's in and out. Okay. In and out. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I just went with you I know, blindly on I that. Know. I was like, in the bedroom. <laughs> I mean, I want to be in the I, I, I know. Selling, I can understand but, yeah. why you went there. But no, uh, in and out. He was the reporter who out, who ends up being right, gay. Right. Uh, and he and, and Kevin Klein end up together. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. That seems like a lifetime ago. I know. Clearly. I can't even remember. But I'm glad you did. Oh, I mean, my God. It's Tom Selleck. Yes. But, I mean, he is. It, it's just... It's just, he's not dead right now. He's still with us. He was born in 1945. No, he's an old man. Nice. Yeah. All right. He's, you know, it's like, it's funny. When I'm, I'm looking at Tom Selleck right now, and for some reason, I feel like it's like Burt Reynolds passed the baton to him. And like, I could yes. see Tom Selleck in the Burt Reynolds role in Boogie Nights, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, I don't know who's in between, like, there has to be someone in between, like, Tom Selleck and, like, Henry Cavill, you know? Someone's in between. Oh, Who yeah. Who were the hotties when in, like, the early 2000s? Who were our hotties, you know? I'm thinking, the, yeah, the stash of, like... Oh, who... Were, did anyone have a mustache in the early 2000s? I think mustaches were out, but Scruff was in. Like, I feel like a McDreamy type, yeah. you know? Like a... yeah. Something like that. It it evolved over time, but oh, that's it. And, and then there's all those teen movies from the 2000s. I wonder if you know. Oh yeah. But there, it's a little too young. I'm, you know, like, yeah. This is the this is the big question, folks. Who was the Burt Reynolds or the Tom Selleck of the early 2000s? And we're talking. You like, know who comes to oh, mind? Who do you got? Who do you got? I mean, really, <clears throat> probably not as big of a mainstream hunk, but um, Tom Skerritt. From uh, from Steel Magnolias, who plays the dad. Oh, yeah. Do, do you see him as an early two thousand toddy? I guess. I mean, he's probably <laughs> he's more. So probably old. not, right? I think he was already a... in my mind. I guess it's probably when I was in my Steel Magnolias yeah. phase, and in my mind, he was. That's the era that I always picture him. I mean, he... okay, scratch. Yeah, that. Tom Skerritt. I was like. <laughs> Wait, okay. maybe Dylan McDermott. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Actor, Dad. I mean, Sam Elliott, but that's like from like the 70s. Um, Dads of the early 2000s. Actors with a mustache, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
This is a good. This is important. You know, I'm. Oh, John Waters. No, that's. Oh, there's Milo Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia. Oh yes, I could. I could get on board. I with feel that. like that was. You know, I mean, listen. For some people, it would be Johnny Depp. He doesn't really. Yeah. He doesn't really. You know, uh, cook my cook my chicken. I don't think that James Franco counts. I think he's too slippery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So there you go. There's uh Well, we'll think about it. Yeah. I feel like n- there's a lot of people now who'd be like, oh, well, this is more now, but like, oh, Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, no, he's kind of like sexy, ugly. Like, let's be real. Let's all be honest. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little over Pedro, even though like I'm never over Pedro. Let's make that clear. I think that it just people went too wild for him. Yeah. The girls and the gays. Yeah. Or the gays and the girls is maybe the better way to say that. Yeah. Oh, here's someone who I think also we're forgetting. Uh within this mix, it's not necessarily a mustache, but George Clooney, I think, oh, is who we're missing. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly that's who, who it is. is. Yes. Who it's like, oh yeah, that just like hot guy. Yeah. Cause it's yep. like Brad Pitt oh, was too pretty, perfect. you know? Yeah, we need a little bit more dad, calm energy, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I'm into it. All right, I'm glad we got there. I mean, listen, yeah, if you want to go with Tom Skerritt in the early 2000s, <laughs> I am not here to yuck your yum. Um, I, no, I, I think it's George. Right. It's George yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it's George. <laughs> it's George. Um, anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about Nancy Travis. I think that we need to talk about Nancy Travis. We need to talk about Kevin. We need to talk about Nancy Travis. Do you want to talk about Nancy Travis? I would love to. Sylvia. Uh, Sylvia. Sylvia. So Nancy Travis, not British, born in New York. Um, <clears throat> I always thought she was like from Texas because I feel like there's something I saw her in where she had a vague Texas accent, but, um, Hmm. but I think actually what I know her the most from and what I feel like wasn't, I don't know. I'd have to revisit this movie. I have no desire to, but I think what I knew her the most from was seeing. So I married an ax murderer on comedy central as a kid. Have you ever heard of that movie? I have, but I, I have, excuse me. I have, but I haven't seen it is what I'm trying to say. No. It's one of those, it's like a Mike Myers movie where he plays, like, he plays his mother, he plays his father, he plays himself, he, and then he also, his character does a lot of, like, slam poetry, and it it, it kind of just, like, it's kind of like air guitar for me, in a way, I don't know. Um, yeah. But anyway, Nancy Travis, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through her IMDb, oh, she was in 38 episodes of Becker. With Ted Danson, Becker. Now there's a show I've never watched. Whoa, same. It's like you've unlocked a core memory there because I remember it being advertised, but never no, watched it. No, I would ever. never watch Becker. Becker was like the original Pollock. I refused to watch. I couldn't tell you uh, anything about Becker. What could you tell me about Becker? Tell me one other than the fact that Ted Danson's in it. What's one thing you can tell me about the show <laughs> Becker that was on was he... for six years? Was he a doctor? Wow. Was he a lawyer? How did you know he was a doctor? I couldn't have even told you that. I just feel, yeah, like it's it's just flashes of things. But there's that. Dr. John Becker know. goes through his daily routine of being a doctor, stopping at his favorite diner, and other various situations, all the while hating life and everything around him, which sounds like so much fun. 129 episodes. Couldn't tell you. I feel nothing. like Ted Danson has never stopped working. He's always in a Becker type show, and he has these like you know every once in a while like a good place will come along mm-hmm. and something else that he'll you know kind of resurface. But he's he's always been around. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about the good place. You're right. He kind of has these like it's like oh my god, Ted Danson's on television again. Ted oh, Ted, Ted yeah. He just that man, and I I bet he doesn't need to work. I bet you probably not. He's probably got good. Three men and a baby money. Cheers money. Cheers yeah. money. Three men and a baby money. Well, now he's got, you know, good place money. Uh, yeah. Um, but there he goes, you know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Nancy Travis, I think the only thing I've seen her in, obviously not Becker, because we do not watch that show. Um, woof. Woof. Yeah. As I scroll through this, I think it's just been So I Married an Axe Murderer. Interesting. Because you were saying, too, it's like... You- we can talk this out because I I feel she has 
like Julia Roberts qualities, but not a lot of it. And then she also has like Andy McDowell subtleness and maybe like a like an Amy Brenneman sort of quality, but she's never really above a six. And I want her to go to a, like a 26, you know, I, I feel like she had a few moments where she did finally, you know, when she yells at Peter after that, like awful dinner party. That was good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably the furthest that we got. Um, but I think she's beautiful. I think she is like sort of this, I don't want to say quintessential actress of the 90s, because I, I don't know anything else that she's been in. But, you know, but I feel like so many people probably just overshadowed her. It's, I mean, there's so many types of those women in the 90s and late 80s that it feels like they're a dime a dozen. But I thought she was fine. Those are, those are my opening thoughts. I, I think you really nailed it. I think it's it, there's an Andy McDowell kind of energy. There's a bit of a Julia Roberts. I, there was a one point where I, was, I saw like very Jennifer Love Hewitt kind of face. <gasps> I could see that. There's even yes. in a way where she almost looks like if you combine Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jennifer Love Hewitt um, with a scoop of yeah. Andy McDowell with like that hair. Yeah. And that ha- hair. Absolutely. She's got that 90s Julia Roberts hair and Andy McDowell hair. Yeah. I think that it's like that's a good question is like what what is the story of Nancy Travis's career? I feel like Johnny and I did this movie a couple months ago called the Requin. It was this awful shark movie with Alicia Silverstone. And it was like, (laughs) and it was like, what is Alicia Silverstone's career? But then if you look at her IMDb, she's never stopped working. And so like, I feel like that is something where it's like, some people are just working actors and they're always doing something and they've always got a role in something or they're doing voice work or they're in a TV show or whatever. They're doing a video game or something like that. And they're just always working. And I feel like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but like to me, that might actually be like the best case scenario is like, you're just on, you're on a show for 87 episodes and you know, two jerks on a podcast have never seen it, but it's paying for your, you know, your mortgage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I I can't remember who we started that conversation about, but it's definitely something we've talked about where it's just like, I don't know. I think of actresses like, like a, like a Debbie Joe Rupp. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's, she's got that, that 70 shows money, that 70 show money, but she's been in other things too. And she's in Seinfeld back in the day, just for like an episode or two, I feel, um, yeah, just actresses and actors who work and are respected in the industry. They might not have an Emmy Award or an Oscar or anything else, but I, you know, it's 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 the kind of people that we talk about on the podcast, I feel, in a way. Yeah, I feel like... Or at least try to. Try to, you know, I mean, I feel like the love we've given Caroline Aaron, you know what I mean? The, the recognition yes. of a Caroline Aaron who is just another, a working actress who just kind of becomes one of those like, oh, yeah, I know that lady, but you've seen that lady in a hundred things. Yeah, it's like, does my mom know who she is? Right, you know? right. Probably not. Well, you know, just another thing to note about Nancy Travis, and here's another, like, she was in... 194 episodes over 10 years of the show Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. <gasps> Wait, did she play his wife? Yes, his long-suffering wife. Oh, yes. Oh, good for her. I don't know why that show just feels Trumpy to me. I can't it is. describe it. Is it? I, okay. I think it got canceled. Maybe I read an article. Yeah, because I think it got canceled and then picked up again on Hulu because I think it was like... You know, it, it is very, it, you know, right wing leaning. He's very much a like, what's the deal with all these? I don't know if they're girls pronouns. or boys, these pronouns. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with these pronouns? You know, when I was a kid, the only pronouns were uh, hey and you, you know, I mean, it's, it's some yeah, stupid thing like idiot and dummy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and there she is. There's Nancy Travis, you know, just paying, you know, uh, Paying her bills yeah, for, for her 10 thing. years on this show. I feel like actually that's probably my other reference point for her. Even though I've never seen an episode, I've seen like, you know, it advertised like this Thursday on ABC. Yeah. Uh, but good for her. Yeah. Good for her for, you know, I'm sure maybe my mom would know her. Not that my mom's like a raging Republican. Right. But like, you know, it's a show on ABC or something. Maybe she's flipped through it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do, do you want to get your mom on the phone and see if she wants to yeah, patch in? Deb? 
We need a lifeline. Yeah. When we say Nancy <laughs> Travis, what do you think? She sounds like a country singer. That's probably what my yeah. mom would say. Yeah. And then we would just hang up <laughs> she on. She does. Yeah. Oh, forget yeah. it. <laughs> uh, You'll never understand my art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not what we were looking for, mom. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, while we're talking about the women in this movie, I'm just going to look up. So Robin Weissman, who played Mary, you know, obviously, as everyone knows, we're doing it's been family movie month and we did uh, the first one, Dennis the Menace. Uh, Dennis the Menace, yes. With, you know, uh, a perfect Ugh. Mason Gamble and to say nothing of my almost high school best friend, Amy Sackasitz. I know. And that little Hathaway who plays the little friend. Ugh. And then we did Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and I don't even know if there were any kids in that movie, but I didn't find anyone annoying in that movie. And no. now here we are, Three Men and a Little Lady, and as much as we talked about, like, what, oh, Fiona Shaw, oh, Miss Lomax could have been, you know, just grotesque or ridiculous or whatever, I think it's important to also note that Mary, the little kid, the little lady in question, I thought was phenomenal. She is the cutest little girl. Like, Made me almost want to have children, but only if she's as cute as Mary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and of course, it's a movie. But still, like, I just, I just wanted to scoop her up. Oh my god, she's so cute and like, well beyond her years as far as just like. Sometimes you could tell she was like zoning out a little yeah. bit, but for the most part, I think she just nailed it and was so cute. Those eyelashes. Ugh. Oh, the way that she winked at Jack at the end of the wedding. Oh. Oh, is she I, now I hope this this resonates but she looks like a miniature version of that nurse in away from her that I love nurse Christy with the cigarette scene I remember the scene but I can't remember her face I'm sorry that's all right I knew that I was reaching yeah. for the stars you know what I mean I knew that I was yeah. making a reference that like nobody knows what I'm talking about I am alone here <laughs> someone probably so, does if you someone listening's like yes if you out if you are out there and you're like yes Mary from three men and a little lady looks like nurse Christie from away from her <laughs> if you if your brain is like yep ding 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 we've got a winner here I need you to reach out to me and validate me because I feel like I am, you know, I'm on Lonely Island over here. Yes, exactly. I'm looking up Nurse Christie right now. Oh, I could see this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? You know, I mean, listen. Oh, I remember you know. her now. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, it, fun fact, for as great a little as a little actress as as uh, Robin was, uh, after, you know, she did, she did three episodes of some TV series and showed up in a TV movie, and then she turned down several roles to pursue childhood according to imdb uh, i was gonna say what is it childhood? yeah she w cool. well she went on to study business and she graduated with a major in marketing from the university of florida uh go gators maybe that's florida state uh while there sure. she was a delta phi epsilon sister and lived with her parents her younger brother and sister and several animals oh yeah so love that. I mean, there's also like, uh, oh, here we go. In 2009, she worked in marketing and lived with her husband in Plantation, Florida. <laughs> All right, All Mary. right, Mary. <laughs> All right, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she Plantation, she Florida. was Judith Kaufman's client at the acting studio. Okay, there yeah, it is. Yeah, you love Judith Kaufman. I love Judy. Yeah, you do love Judy. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I just thought if we didn't acknowledge the little lady in question, then you know. That wouldn't be fair. Yes. I, I really thought she was so perfect and so cute. I It would be very easy to act with her, I feel. I'm Hopefully, you know, kids are always a gamble. But I could tell, specifically, I think the person who had the best chemistry with her is Steve Gutenberg mm. as Michael. I mean, he's mom, you know? Like, he's... He is mom. He's mom. I mean, that's... If I were... Because if I were... Like, here's the deal. God, if I saw this as a kid and my... And and this movie, like, crossed paths with my burgeoning sexuality in the '90s. I I can't even talk about like oh the places my mind would go, but like in terms of like the cleaner version of the story, I feel like <laughs> yes, Peter is dad, Michael is mom, and it's like crazy Uncle Jack. He's kind of like the he's like the crazy cousin Cody in Step by Step. You know what I mean? He like lives in a van in the backyard. Yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. 
But there's another version of this where I'm 18 years old and I live with Peter and Michael and Jack and it's a very different situation. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so funny too, because you think of, and I, I think this was before, I don't know when Full House started, but it's the same sort of template, like Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey. Oh, yeah. Um, and maybe not the same archetypes, but maybe. I don't know. I guess. Well, yeah, because Ted Danson and Danny. So Full House came out in 87, which is when uh, the first movie came out. So that's interesting that they... Oh, interesting. Uh, there was a theme. Trend alert. Trend alert. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I think you actually might be onto something. I think that... Um, Joey and Jack, so Dave Coulier and Ted Danson are kind of the same character. And then yeah. I guess technically Danny Tanner and Peter are kind of the dad. And then John Stamos, <clears throat> I mean, he's not the mom, but he's definitely like the cool dad, you know, the cool uncle. He's For the sure. fun one, you know? Uh, and then Aunt Becky is Sylvia. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I just thought she was so beautiful when I was younger. Aunt Becky? I was like, Aunt Becky is... Yeah, like her and Topanga, I thought were the most beautiful people on television. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and you know, listen, I forgive Lori Lachlan for whatever she did to get her daughter into college. Yeah, it's fine. I don't folks. care anymore. Like, yeah. You know, like, I think we need to be directing all of our ire to Candace Cameron Bure. I was just going <laughs> to say, yes, I'm raising my hand in the air. Yes. <laughs> okay. Leave Lori Lachlan alone. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is it Laughlin? I don't know, but L L L A. Leave Lori Lachlan alone. <laughs> Start the hashtag, folks. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but it's true. I um yeah, I just thought she was so cool. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, you know who's, who I thought was really cool and who I wish was in the movie more? I have very strong feelings about Michael's little girlfriend, Lori. Go on, because I, I figured you would, and I paid enough attention to her, but I, I let's let's hear it. Well, you know, I, I I was hoping she'd be in it more, but she just, she seemed so fun and so cool and so chill, and she was so good with Mary when Mary kind of snuck up on them while they were making out. And I just thought, like, Lori's great. Lori's a great influence. She's a great energy. She's, I think... I think it'll be good for Mary to have another woman in the house, you know, other than just Sylvia. Yep. She's so hot. She's so cool. And it's an interesting parallel. Now, I'm, I'm again, I'm shooting for the stars here, but I feel like her character is an interesting parallel to Joe Beth Williams' character in Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I, because there's Meryl and then... What's her face who does has the great dishes? Jane Alexander. Scene. Yeah. Jane Alexander. And then she's the one with her boobs. She's the one with the boobs. They're she's called boobs. she's the Yeah, yes. they're called boobs, Dustin Hoffman. And she's the one who he who comes over and stays over and then, you know, she's in the hallway naked with him. Um Gotcha. Yes, very similar vibes. Yeah. In both hookup situations in a way. Right. And and I just I don't know. I have a thing for like daddy's fun girlfriend, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, and it's I mean it's a shame it never really took off, but I guess that's that's the point they were trying to make that Michael is, you know, frustrated cuz that was when things were starting to unravel mm-hmm. a little bit too. But yeah, she was she was cute and she looked familiar and I think I looked up I just like briefly scanned her IMDb, but I I couldn't really find anything of note, but maybe it's just that like again, that sort of like 90s woman template actress yeah yeah i know i had the same thing where i was like god she feels familiar but i well i have seen a nightmare on elm street to freddy's revenge i do not remember her so um which is something she's been in so i i don't know uh you know she Hmm. was in one episode of crossing jordan which i feel like you are a big fan of oh my god (laughs) (laughs) these shows it's so funny because they're just all you know, memories, but I remember that. I remember the title, yeah. but I, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you anything about that. I wouldn't all, watch. But it feels like Amy Brenneman was in it. it it's, or it's a, so there's like someone like there's that. Judging Amy with Amy Brenneman, and then there's Providence with Amy Kanakarites <gasps> or whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> Providence. Yes. And, and, and I always think, like, which one of them. Is it where Tyne Daly plays a ghost? But I think it's there's a ghost in Providence, and Tyne Daly plays the judge in Judging Amy. Yeah, I think there it is. Yes, because it's also 
Touched by an angel's in there yep. somewhere too. Touched by an angel's yeah. in there, and and then there's Crossing Jordan, which I just I don't know this it, the the main actress Jill Hennessy. She's another one of those people where I'm like I just I don't know why I don't like her. I have no reason to not like Jill Hennessy, mm-hmm. but uh, do you want to know what Crossing Jordan's about? Please. It was on. It had 117 episodes. It came out in wow. 2001 and was on until 2007. And it was a sexy, brilliant Boston medical examiner. Uh, oh, this this is written by this is written by monkeys. Despite a checkered career, Dr. Jordan Cavanaugh goes above and beyond to solve cases. She's a sexy, brilliant Boston medical examiner. There you go. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, wait. I know that we're getting off topic, but I need to find out the name of the woman who was in Providence because I need to know how off I was. Will you? And, and if her mother plays a ghost. Okay. Uh, Providence starred Melina Kanakarides. Kanakarides. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about that woman. Uh, Same. Yeah. But I really I'm do. I'm looking it up too. As I really do believe her mother is a ghost in it. I do believe in that. God, I just like I remember like I don't know if this is like a mini series, but the Thorn Birds. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was like a classic about the priest who falls in love with the girl. Yeah, yeah. I remember my mom. I think I taped over it one time. My mom taped it. I think she had watched it, but I like had to ask her, "Can I tape over the Thorn Birds?" And she was like, oh, "I guess." Oh my God, I just <laughs> it's probably for something stupid. It's like things we say in our childhoods in the nineties. Hey mom, can I tape over the Thorn Birds? Like. <laughs> Yes. It was like three VHS tapes because she taped all the episodes. Yeah, yeah. No, that was long. Uh, oh, my God. The Thorn Birds. There was at the lake last week, we were just like talking about like the 90s. And there was, I guess, I don't know. One of us said like there was a question on a, on a TikTok or something like, tell, tell me something about like when you were younger that would make no sense to like a Gen Z person or anyone I guess younger than that and and our friend Kate said that that you had to turn on channel 3 for video games yes. and I don't know why and even to tape stuff too I feel like there was something about that maybe maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly but what was it about channel 3 I don't know I don't know that was just like the default place that like <clears throat> like all roads started with channel 3 and like, yes. Yeah. And and then we all like <clears throat> in New York, Channel 2 was CBS. But then. Yep. And I think same. eventually Channel 1 became something. But Channel 1 was like a weird dead zone. Same. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't mess with Channel 1. It was three, sometimes two. And then Channel 12 and six were both NBC. And I don't know why. Oh, that's weird. NBC was Channel 4 for us. It was like. CBS on Channel 2, NBC on Channel 4, Fox on Channel 5, ABC on Channel 7, Channel 9 was UPN, Channel 11 was WPIX, then it turned into WB. I don't know why I had to just run through all that, but there you go. Yeah. No, talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. Fox was Channel 7 for us. I don't know why, but yeah, Um, the 90s, folks. Yeah, Channel 3. What a time. Uh, You know, I I I noticed this and I wanted to bring up this is at, this has nothing to do with with channel three but uh, I don't know if you noticed this but uh, the guy the vicar in this movie who you know he's uh, Michael's driving around with takes him to the funeral by accident is played by Jonathan Lynn the writer and mm-hmm. director of Clue no way yeah the hungry vicar is what i kept calling him in my yeah brain, with the toast like, yeah where's the salmon yeah, yeah yeah oh i love that yeah so there you go An- another somewhat alum oh that's that's a good call out i don't think i would have looked that up on my own because yeah. i was just like okay the vicar yeah great that guy um, love it i also want to give just a shout out to sheila hancock who plays sylvia's mother vera I felt yes. like this could have just been like a cold, shrew kind of performance. But I actually thought like there was that scene where she and Sylvia go to dinner at the little restaurant. And I thought Vera was given like a lot of humanity. I thought she seemed like actually pretty reasonable. Same. And, you know, obviously she's an old English woman. Older. I don't want to say mm. old. But, uh, you know, she's she's practical. She wants the best for her daughter. I think she wants that sort of pedigree for her. And, you know, marry and f- to get away from those three gay men. <laughs> yes, those three obviously gay and, men. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, like I would 
love if I was at that wedding, I would I would just like sidle up to Vera and be like and just talk shit the oh, entire yeah. time. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like she's like the, the Miss Clary of the group, and uh, and she had great one liners like "I need a drink" or like "I'm in hell." Yeah, all those sort of things that just made me laugh. And normally would just be like, "Okay, I get it," but. She did bring a little bit extra to that role. You're right. And I and again, I like that by the end, she like still was happy for Sylvia to marry Peter. Yep. You know, like ultimately yes. her concern was she didn't want Sylvia with Jack. I feel like Peter she had a generally good experience with. So it was like, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like uh it was just surprising. As soon as I introduced that character, I was like, Oh, she's just gonna be a bitch the whole time. And I thought she was I was like, you know what? Sylvia, you might want to listen to your mother. I think she's think she, yeah. think she knows a thing or two. She does indeed. Uh, I know we're we're coming close to our we you know eventually we will reveal our two and one here. But I I wanted to talk about uh, Ted Danson really quickly at the end. First of all, I feel like when they called him when he when he couldn't get to England first and he was on that shoot looking like Jessica Wilde dressed as the Chiquita oh, Banana Woman. Yes. I, died i was i was you know i just picture him going straight into that like the ebt monologue yes right <laughs> the guacamole right taco tuesdays yeah he was i mean there was like a it, it was like a screen test for too long foo you know yeah in a way oh god it was so funny and i will say as gross as he was as that old man at the end too like i thought he was very funny yeah and like very convincing with the english accents and I kind of love that he ripped his face off. I love that moment for him. It was such a, like, I mean, everything kind of leading up to the end. Like, I mean, it was very It Takes Two in terms of, like, rushing to the wedding where, like, oh, yes. at the church, it's like, and I now de and declare you. And then meanwhile, cut to, like, you know, Peter and, and you know, Miss Lomax on the motorcycle, like, half a mile away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the, 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 water. Yeah, the, the pacing in terms of getting to the church and whatnot is totally off. But, yeah, they could have trim that by four minutes i think right yeah right but i it was all very much that same setup of like come on with it just you know say you know we're husband and wife like it was like where is oh what was her name oh jane sibbett and it takes two i was like that's right she would have been perfect in this movie as anybody yep oh absolutely um yes 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 but yeah i thought that you know because jack kind of like you know, it's like it's just Peter and Michael who go to England initially because it's like, oh, Jack's got a, you know, uh, some movie he's doing. And apparently the real story was like Ted Danson, like all of his scenes were filmed in L.A. because he had some family vacation he couldn't get out of. So um, I know I saw that. I love that. And, and when you watch the movie with that, it's like, oh, I kind of see that. I sort of see how Ted Danson is in a different scene, you know, Um I was like, oh, is he, is Jack just kind of not in this movie as much? And I had pretty much accepted, okay, Jack's just not really in this movie. So it was kind of a nice surprise for him to to show up as the priest at the end. Yeah, I thought it was really unexpected. And I guess in my mind, even though I have not seen Three Men and a Baby, I feel like Jack was more of like, you know, what is what does Jax Taylor say? I'm the number one guy in this group. Oh, right, um, right. I feel like he was obviously more featured because he is the father of Mary, the biological father. Um, so maybe, you know, it's time for Michael and Peter to shine too. So more so Peter than Michael, unfortunately, but that's true. Yeah, uh, I was fine with it. That's true. Peter really is actually the focal man of the three men. Uh, Jack and Michael yeah. are a little more supporting characters. Yeah. 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 It, I think so too. Yeah. So, um, I I think it's time for the official ranking here, and I feel like it's changed a couple times even in our conversation here. But who who is your number two of these men? Oh man, uh, if Rue's number one, I'm number two. I uh... <laughs> what what who who does that? Is that's that detox? I was just gonna say I thought it was Alaska, <laughs> but it's detox. Okay, that's good. Um, that's a deep. That's cut. a deep cut. I th you know you gotta just toss them all out. You know. Uh, yeah. I would say, listen, this is this is beyond Sophie's choice. Talk it out. Talk it I out. I think that my my number two today might I, I, by a by a mustache hair might be Peter. 
Be- okay, so so Tom Selleck is number two, and and okay. Steve Gutenberg is number one. That's mine too. Uh, yeah. I just I can't I can't not be. And I you know what I I have to say, I think if I was just looking at these men, well, ugh, like if they were both standing at the edge of my bed, yes, you know what yes. I mean, like. I'm inviting both of them in, obviously. Of but I I think there's so much about Tom Selleck that is that, like, I love the stash. I love that he's this big, brawny man. He has great hair. You know, I, but I think that's all there is to him in a way. Like, I don't think he's a great actor. Mm. Like, he kind of has these flashes in the pan, I guess, moments. But even when, during that scene where Sylvia's, like, yelling at him because he was a jerk all night... Mm-hmm. Th- Tom Selleck has given her nothing. Yeah. And I was like, and it kind of knocks him down a couple points for me. And I know it's just a movie, but I, I'm going with Michael. I'm going with Steve. He's just as hot. He's good with Mary. He's a, you know, he's a cartoonist, a satirist, excuse me. Um, and I just, I can't get enough of him. I think he's so hot. Yeah, to quote Michael, that's my kind of horse, you know? That's my yeah. kind of horse. Uh, and it just needs to be said be- that like, because if I don't, I'll I'll be kicking myself in the tuchus. But like, it needs to be highlighted, totally off topic. That argument between Sylvia and Peter. Sylvia goes into that chest voice, and I'm just like, okay, Nancy Travis, I love you. When she goes, your bruised ego. I was just like, oh yes. yes. And I just need to acknowledge <laughs> how much joy. Nancy Travis, she gave me talking through tears. She gave me yelling. She gave me chest voice. She looks a little bit like Jennifer Love Hewitt. She looks a little bit like Andy McDowell, which is usually a knock. But in this case, I'm into it. I I just love her. But she was not met with the same intensity. Uh, Peter could not stand there and say, I, too, can command the wind, sir. He is not commanding the wind. He does not have a hurricane inside of him that's going to strip Spain bare. No, I I just feel in a way that those scenes were almost filmed separately in a way, like because they're never like maybe once or twice they might show the two of them facing each other, but they would just flash back to him and then to her, and I was like, I just felt like I was gonna read the IMDb, and there was just gonna be some sort of trivia, which by the way there isn't a lot of trivia on this. I was ex- I was wanting more. Yeah. But one of the things I thought was like Tom Selleck didn't want to do the sequel, but he signed on because of this, you know, but. One of the things on IMDb was like that he was even game for doing a third movie with these guys. Right. And I was like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, I was expecting, yeah, like, oh, there's going to be, you know, uh, short of like Ted Danson was on vacation and couldn't go film in England. It seemed like everybody <laughs> was down to do this. And, you know, uh, as far as I mean, again, I who am I to say? But it sounds like some people even feel like this is the superior movie. So like. It's certainly the only one I knew existed for a while. So, um, you know, yeah. uh, deal with it, Tom. I will say, you know, one part where he did make me laugh is when Mary goes with Sylvia to England. And then they're like, well, why don't we have a party like we used to? And then they throw that big party at the apartment. And then they're all just like, it's just examples of being 30 at a party. You know what I mean? Or being in your 30s yep. at a party. And at one point, Peter is talking to someone and he's like showing her a bookcase. And he just goes, this bookcase is from a farm. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what being <laughs> at a party in your 30s is like. <laughs> yes. it's uh, That is true. Very relatable. Yeah. I have to say this, too. There's two more things that I wrote down. Um, I, well, actually, I did write the party at their house and how I feel like Michael Steve Gutenberg had like guy liner on. Oh, yeah. When he's there's something going on there. And I was I was into it because that's when he said he wants to go back to England or to England. Um, and I hate to end the episode on a sour note, but I have to mention the dad's rap. Oh, man. You know, listen, <laughs> I was like struggling against it. And then I I think by the time they got to that, like. Mary, did you wash your face? I like kind of came around. <laughs> oh gosh, it was so Oh god, it was so bad. It was just three, you know, three white men trying their best. And if they I don't know who was the best out of them, but I liked Michael's sideways hat. I'll say that. Oh um, my. So the thing with Michael, I think to to the Peter versus Michael situation. I think that I agree with everything you said that Peter is good looking and he's got, you know, he's got he's capable that, and successful. Yeah, yeah. The chest hair situation, all of that. Ugh. We know what he looks like in a pair of short shorts from 
uh, Magnum PI. Like he's stunning. My concern is that Peter might be a little uptight or might not want to do things I want to do. You know, he might be like, oh, no, yeah. you know, but Peter gives me kind of like, you know, top only energy. Let's be real. Whereas Michael. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's like. He's like Gumby. He's like, if it bends, it's yours, baby. You know, it's just like, if you can, yeah. if you can get there, you could be there, you know? <laughs> uh, he's got those broad shoulders. Yeah. And also a hairy chest. And I just, yes. I just think he'd be, I think he'd be a who? Monkey qualities monkey almost. Monkey qualities. Yeah. Whereas I think that yeah. Peter might be a little bit more of like a stern zebra. Yep. I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. And Jack is Ugh. like a. Oh, he's like kind of a strange giraffe. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um and Miss Lomax, I feel like she is like a like a kooky possum. I don't know. <laughs> just to like <laughs> yes. you know, there was at one point I think I just to to you know wrap around to go back to Miss Lomax because I'd hate to miss out um when Peter is stealing the like the registration from her office and at one point she like drapes herself across her desk and it reminded me so much of Ramona in Morocco uh in season four <gasps> crying on the bed yes yeah oh god yes so is that it's such a great it's theme. so good I mean and she just ugh, it just bears repeating that Miss Lomax is incredible Fiona Shaw is incredible yeah, in this the movie She's stellar. Yeah. And she also has great hair, too. The hair was like, it just shook around. It was like an Herbal Essence commercial. Yeah. Great hair. She's got that great yeah. nose. I love that nose. I just. Yeah. Uh, and I just, you know, I, I, anytime we talk about Fiona Shaw, I have to talk about the fact that she was in Medea on Broadway in like the late 90s oh, or the early yeah. 2000s. And she did this interview in the Star Ledger and she talked about how the performance each night was so draining in every way that it, that once the the show was over the <clears throat> you know the performance was over she said i would just go back home and then just go to sleep and i would just sleep until i had to be up for the next day's show because i was just so exhausted <laughs> that's crazy i know like the idea of like oh my god and medea which is just like one of those ring ring the rag out kind of performances that's true that's true would love to have seen it oh i would have loved to see it yeah, yeah. um and then I think the only other thing that I want to say, and this is, you know, it's funny, we did not really talk about Edward, played by Christopher Casanova, but he's basically yeah. the Jane Sibbett of this movie, you know? Yes. Um, but there's at one point when they're in England when I think Mary's playing with the butler or whatever, and she, like, knocks some uh, letters off of a side table or whatever, and he says, do you have any idea how important these letters are? And I just immediately <gasps> went to, like, don't you touch those fucking letters! <laughs> don't touch the yeah. fucking Morgan letters! <laughs> <laughs> you don't touch the Morgan letters! Doesn't she go, uh, you don't touch those letters! Don't touch the fucking Morgan letters! Right, doesn't she? The way she says letters. Yes, I think you're right. She goes, letters! Yeah. Like, she, like, her voice cracks, her hands are up, and then she just, like, that's also the night she falls over in her chair, I feel. I think she does. Yeah, this is, because they're in the, maybe, they're in the Berkshires. Maybe so that was in Miami, where she fell out of her chair. Um, but yeah. I feel like she, yeah, she says it twice. She's like, you don't touch those fucking letters! You don't touch those letters! And oh, then she God, says, it was so good. I need, I know, folks, I know, I'm sorry, nobody wants to hear us talk about Sonia Morgan. Um, but I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. I also do. Forever and ever. Ugh. And alas, I hope I hope we've. I mean, there's so many. Like, this is random, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but early in the movie, and and I'll end on this because every every role matters. They go to the boathouse, the restaurant on the on the little uh, lake in Central Park, mm -hmm. and the waitress comes over, and it's at that point where Mary asks, like, "Do you have a penis?" And the waitress gives this like look, this like. Oh, this like yep. disgusted look and then like walks away and it was so good it was so funny and i just feel like people who love this movie and have seen it a thousand times have probably they know this this waitress moment and i'm just this this one's for y'all i saw her yeah yeah that's a good call out. yeah uh, and you know, even though I rented this for three seventy nine on Amazon, because I I realized it was on Disney Plus, and I think you have Disney Plus, but I would have to ask for a um, 
Yeah, Connection, but I, I don't. I don't want to. You know, listen. I don't want to. I'm already using your discovery. Plus. I'm already sending them to Uh-oh. you. Oh, I mean, folks. Allegedly, yeah. Netflix. If you're listening, allegedly, I'm allegedly <laughs> using its account. <laughs> yes. Um, and I and I've given you access to things. You know, I've I've contributed. Yeah, of right? course. <laughs> yeah, I still have your. Um, wow presents plus i think oh. i haven't used it in a while so if you canceled it no, i haven't noticed no. uh you gave me the criterion ch- uh collection oh, for yeah. a little bit but i don't but, i think that lapsed but i didn't really watch any i thought i was gonna like watch so many movies but i don't think i watched anything other than maybe one movie that we covered i can't remember oh that's all right i haven't i i let it lapse a long time ago and there's that bootleg connection to now max and showtime that still works i thought it stopped working yes. it still works so Ooh, not, yeah i'm using it for showtime oh good yes good all right good i just want to feel like i'm contributing and i'm on the air saying it it's, yeah no, we made sure to have this very non you know interesting conversation on the podcast they just thought it's important <laughs> um are we oh marco's meowing what do you want are we getting are we getting I think we, we are. are. It's not. It's not the wedding march. No. Well, it could be. I guess. No. Yeah. I think it, they got married at the they end. They did. I think it might be some of that. Some of that fun 1990 music in the movie. I think yes. maybe that song during the credits. It might be that. I don't know. The orchestra. You never know what they're gonna do. Yeah. I usually don't find out until I edit this episode later. Nice. Let inspiration guide. Yeah. You. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, all that being said. Where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, you can find me uh, here and there on All Right, Mary this month. We're, we're not putting out episodes in the main feed every week, but uh, on some weeks we are. And, of course, we're on Patreon every single week, but otherwise we're taking a little, a little vacation. And then you can nice. find me on Instagram, account underscore, and you can find more of both of us on Instagram in a best supporting capacity at BSAPod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Uh, and keep your little baby peepers peeled because we have got the best sporting after show coming and we have got some catching up to do. There's some things I've been watching that I want to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I fully wrap my arms around TikTok, so there's going to be TikTok talk. <gasps> Yay. Yeah, I've just accepted it. I'm letting the worms in, you know, let them in, <laughs> you know, uh, Can't wait. yeah, let the rain come down. Just like that yes. song. Fall down? Let the rain fall down. And <laughs> there take it is. me is away. That Hillary yeah, maybe. Or I maybe. Um, I don't know. Can the orchestra? Yeah, they're busy. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yes, the Best Party After Show is coming. If you want uh, access to that and you want access to episodes like this early uh, all, and you just want to pay $5 a month to get an extra episode every single week, early access support the podcast etc and so forth probably a tax deduction if you really get creative with it you could just go to patreon.com slash bsa pod how fabulous is that yeah how fabulous is that uh anyway i think it's time for us to get into our two pre-owned least toilet yourselves get the hell out of here let's do it all right let's do it all right that as they say is that